0: Happy to be laughing with my friend, Daniela, on this fine day. I was explaining to her that I'm very excited for this episode, but that means I'm nervous, too, and that it feels like faucets are running under my armpits, like when I first started driving. And the water, or the sweat, rather, would just never stop. It would just keep running down the sides of my ribs (laughs) while my little hands were shaking on the steering wheel. Oh, my God, Abby. I can't believe you. Again, oh, actually, oh, yeah, we were laughing about that, which is good because it's about to get kind of sad, so oh, I no. needed that. Um, uh, well, I just wanted to like mention honey for a second. Um, <gasps> oh, God, I which is, <laughs> I know, I know, I forget and then I remember and I'm like, oh, so for those of you who haven't seen on our Instagram, um, I posted about our family dog who passed away recently. Um, so that's who I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, oh, but first of all, I had put – I fit, like fit this in the beginning when I saw your to- tortoise shell um, nails that you did. Oh. I put in here, I love those tortoise shell nails that you did. And if you ever did want to make some with a fly in amber, I would definitely order some because Jurassic Park forever. <laughs> yes. And it was a mosquito. <laughs> Oh, it was a mosquito! You're right. It was. <laughs> Damn it. How did I forget about that?
1: Anyway, Kelly. Duh. Did you see Kelly's comment on the Instagram? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm actually wanting to do Jurassic Park ones.
0: You should. Oh my god, I would love that. I would love any insect inside of a nail.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I am gonna take request. I'm doing nail art, like I'm practicing my nail art.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if y'all want to see any um specific like theme or like a movie or whatever cartoon anything yes let me know and i'll make that. i
0: i'm gonna copy another podcast and say we will take requests for either info topics on the show or suggestions for her nail art in the form of podcast reviews five stars only <laughs> oh shit okay yes <laughs> Because you're guaranteed to get what you're looking for when yeah. we get what we're looking for. That's the with payment I will accept, <laughs> or for suggestions, payment was. Anywho, and you'll never mm-hmm.
1: wear them. So,
0: or well, the what? people that are what? Them, they will never oh. wear them.
1: Oh right, but they can suggest them. Yes, you can just look at it and like it,
0: and that's it. <laughs> Until you order. So, yes, as we were saying, I did want to address my sweet family dog, Honey's passing. So we can discuss that because many of us have gone through it or sadly eventually will. And it was really hard for me to deal with because I didn't get to see her before she passed away. It was so sudden. But literally this morning, it's Thursday, and y'all are going to be hearing this tomorrow on Friday. Um, But I'm glad we waited till today to record because literally this morning, according to my parents... Honey came back last night. What? Abby. So let's read the text that my brother sent me. Oh my god! Am I um, <laughs> yes, it's very, it's very sad. It had me more excited than sad, but still very sad. Um, okay, so Jay texted me, my brother who lives with my parents at the moment, and he told me that Mom said her and Dad heard Honey last night. No way. I texted her this morning. She told me, LOL. Well, Honey's ghost was there and she didn't even mention it. I know. Mom's not quick at texting, LOL. True. So what happened? What did they say? They were laying in bed and they heard the dresser flaps move and she said Honey would do that whenever, whenever she would move in her sleep or move around on her blanket. And then she was laying down on the couch next to Dad's backpack on the chair and she noticed the chair move a little by itself and the bag fell off of the chair. Oh my God. And um, my dad keeps his backpack on a swivel chair in his office, and Honey would would lay on the couch that was in that room. It was like a little sun room um, that she liked to lay on the old couch that we put in there. And so when he told me that, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" So I said, "No way!" And Jay said, "I know." Dad said her ashes were ready yesterday, so maybe it's a sign that her soul got released from her body. Oh my god. I'm- So she came home. So they didn't get to say goodbye to her. Um, So I said, oh, shut up. Go bring her home. And he said that my dad's going to pick her up after work, I guess. Um, And I said, that makes sense. Seriously. Yeah, today. Um, So last night, so if her ashes were, if she was cremated, her body was cremated and everything, and it was finally ready to go um, by yesterday, then She is in a box and ready to come home and be on the shelf by today. And so she came home last night um, and they heard the handles on the dresser move. And um, yeah, so they, I guess, and my dad was pretty skeptical, like I had mentioned before on this podcast, but (laughs) I guess they both agree that it, if anything, it was honey uh, moving around and yeah, so very sweet story, but also very bittersweet because, Um, None of us got to be there and she had gotten pancreatitis and it happened very quickly and she was mostly a healthy dog So she did her vet visits and everything, but she had never really been sick until she had pancreatitis And so they took her in and kept her for a few nights And so I was facetiming my parents one of the nights while she wasn't there and I was like i'm thinking positive, you know So when she gets home chicken broth and this and this and i'm all trying to tell them But she sadly um, passed away at two in the morning at the vet's office, and not a single one of her family got to be there with her when she went. And so that's mostly what I've been struggling with. Um, I am kind of glad that I have positive, happy memories of her, but it had just been like two years since I had seen her last. She was too old to travel. And um, yeah, so I've just been kind of grappling with that. I hope that she went in her sleep and. She's with her um, sister, Bella, as my cousin Maddie said, which also brought tears to everyone's eyes when we told her the news. Um, Maddie is my little cousin, so she got to be around both dogs, and they both have passed away since. So yeah, so shout out to honey. I love you, and I miss you a lot. So yeah, that's that. (laughs) Um, I know, it's very sad. Um, She lived a good life. I think she was 12 or 13, and uh, so yeah. The house is empty now with just my brother and my parents and I don't know if it'll stay that way, but she was a good dog and if she comes to visit every now and then, I'm sure they're not going to (laughs) mind.
1: And you used to see uh, or like hear like Bella too, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I thought I did and I was asking Jay about it um, because that's the weird thing is like I don't remember an instance where I really for sure felt her there again. Maybe it's just I missed her and was used to her being around all the time, but they actually heard stuff and something fell, and so Jay said he – let me keep reading because he made me laugh. Let me see. She was always so loud everywhere she went, so I'm sure we'll hear something, LOL. I'm scared about hearing her snoring or something, though. And yeah. I said, yeah, definitely. That's creepy. Don't say that because she would snort. <laughs> she would make these like little snort sounds, but um, if you can't see where the snorting's coming from, that's yeah, kind of creepy. <laughs> Um, and then he tells me he had a dream about Bella two nights ago and she was, um, groomed. She was recently groomed. So that's sweet. (laughs) Um, Bella and honey are being their best selves over the rainbow bridge. So that's sweet. But yeah, I don't know. I told Jay too. I was like, so we have heard pet ghost stories before, but it didn't happen with Bella and somehow it's happening with honey. But the difference is, is that when we had to sadly euthanize Bella, we were around her, like, gathered on her and and holding her paws and stuff. So she went and we were there. So maybe that's the difference. I'm not sure if they have a closure situation the way humans sometimes do when they mm-hmm. pass on. Uh, but that was just so interesting when my brother told me that.
1: What if uh, – because how long did you have Bella for before she died?
0: Um, I got her in, like, 2000. 2000- <clears throat> mm, I think 2004 or something. And then she passed away in twenty eight fifteen twenty fifteen. 2015. Oh, okay. Nevermind. So we had her for, we had her for a while, but, um, but yeah, she had been in that house too with honey and everything. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, if Bella has come back or she's just more quiet than, than honey is, but it's funny. It's just interesting to, to think about the, the two of them maybe visiting or maybe it was just honey because she didn't get to say bye to us. I don't know. Well that was
1: very sad. I mean,
0: mm, yeah.
1: It was it was sweet, but yeah, it was very sad.
0: Mm-hmm. I just can't believe that the whole ashes and I wonder if that releases the soul like he said. Very interesting. I know,
1: that is very interesting.
0: She was tied to her body until they cremated her. It's wild.
1: Or what if well, never mind. I don't want to say anything <laughs> scary. <laughs> Let the theories fly.
0: She was reincarnated. No, I don't know.
1: No. What if she was protecting the house and now that she's gone, whatever it was that she was <gasps> protecting It's it pretending
0: from, to be her? No, what
1: if it finally was able to come in?
0: Oh, hell no. Maybe. It was checking <laughs> for her, so it went to all the spots she's usually at.
1: <gasps>
0: but oh, it's probably no.
1: her. It's probably not anything fucking crazy. But you like could this. be right.
0: No, but seriously, if you really think about it, who knows? Um, Yeah, they can imitate what you're (gasps) – that's wild. That reminds me of that movie I just talked about, um, The Night House, where that woman's um, husband, he committed suicide out of nowhere, and she thinks his ghost is coming back over and over, but that's not the case, and it's – which is so sad because she's grieving and she misses him. So of course anyone with open arms is like, "It's honey, she's back," you know. Yeah. Oh. But still, very good good thinking cuz you know, protect yourself. You can never trust <laughs> even if they do take the form of whatever passed on. You never know. Yes. So, thank you for making me cry. Oh, that oh, you were blowing your nose, I, I was see. Blowing- Oh, dude. I cried for days, but let's not <laughs> do well. It is a time of acceptance. It is a beautiful day outside. It's spring. Spring is in the air. Daniela's birthday is coming up. It's wonderful. mm sure is. Mm-hmm. So, so moving on to the topic at hand, I had this planned for earlier in February, so just keep that in mind. Um And uh, I have been looking forward to this. So now real quick, I have a Susan Powell update on the remains found. uh, Because I told y'all I would um, come back on here and let y'all know. So uh, as of February 25th, 2022, when I put this on here, family and friends of Missing Woman Susan Cox Powell did not get the closure they were hoping for after a new search in Utah's West Desert turned up bones. And this is from the k-i-r-o-7.com website. Um, So Powell grew up in Puyallup and vanished in 2009, as we know. And these bones that they found, they found bones and pants recovered from the Ironsides mine. They do not belong to Susan. And so her father is upset about that, but he did go on and update everybody who's still watching the story and Mm -hmm. said the bones were not human. Male DNA was found on the pants, and a team is working to identify that person. So it's going to be some closure for someone out there, uh, but unfortunately not for the um, Cox family. Um, a sock and a piece of blouse material were also found that will be tested by a forensic lab. With the help of cadaver dogs, crews will continue the search to look for smaller bone fragments and other evidence. Many believe Susan Cox Powell was killed by her husband, Josh Powell, but he never was charged with the crime before his death. Ten years ago, Josh Powell murdered the couple's sons, Charlie and Brayden, before taking his own life by blowing up a house he was renting in Graham. The fire and explosion happened during what was supposed to be a supervised visit with his sons. Um, It is my belief, based on Josh's murder of the boys, that he would be very capable of dismembering Susan and dispersing Mm -hmm. parts in several locations, her father said in a statement. So that is what's going on now. And if you all have not heard the Susan Cox Powell story, it is posted. Very sad. Um, unfortunately, it's not over yet, but everyone's fingers are crossed that her body's found so she can put be put to rest with her two sons in her spot <clears throat> in the grave site. So, okay. Now for... What we've all been waiting for. Um, I'm trying something new in terms of how I want to choose and discuss episodes. So please do not hesitate to vote on the style and the comments on reviews. Thank you. So basically, I just wanted to share my appreciation and love for a film franchise. Oh, no. I'm going to give you a little hint here. Here we go. Scream. (laughs) Wonderful. I'm going to have to edit that really well so it doesn't sound like shit. So Scream is, I think it might be my favorite franchise right now. And everyone knows the new one just came out and I loved it. I Call me a sap, whatever. Loved it. So the recent release of Scream 5 has been very exciting for me because I love the franchise personally and I'm a festive bitch. And we somewhat discussed last time, even though I didn't share the details, Chinese food and reality TV are a dream combo, compromise. So that was my Valentine's Day. Um, Love you, hunty. Happy anniversary. Okay. I was very high when I typed all of this and you can tell I was just (laughs) blabbing. So bear with me. My love for the film franchise alone is worthy of romance, but I have more to this discussion. And naturally, with this being around the time of Valentine's Day, I couldn't help myself and wanted to share my love and appreciation for my favorite horror on-screen couple with the chemistry and the flirtation and everything. I love it. And it's an off-screen romance um, at some point. Not forever, but you know, forever in my heart. Um, Gail Weathers and Dwight, aka Deputy Dewey. Deputy (laughs) Dewey forever. So they are my fave. And I love that they got married in real life. And I think you have Discovery Plus, right? I
1: did, but yes. What?
0: Well, they released in January a whole thing about Scream. And I wish I would have gotten on there sooner before I tried covering this. But they did a whole thing on the, the movie and everything that inspired it, etc. And David Arquette in the trailer is gushing about he loves the, the memories that being on set brings him because his daughter Coco... Um, It wouldn't have happened if if he hadn't have met um, Courtney Cox on set. So I just thought I had recently heard that like this week. So um, I just wanted to throw that in Mm. real quick, but back to the notes. I love the two of them, so Gail Weathers and Dwight—they're my fave, and I love that they got married in real life. I know they got the—they got divorced, and things happen, whatever. So that being said, I have my little photo in my notes here that I'm gonna post to Instagram. But the scene in this photo is when they have to jump out of the road because—and it's Scream One, so this is all based around Scream One. And don't worry, this is not all I'm gonna be talking about. I'm getting somewhere, folks. Bear with me. So. Um, In the photo, it's the scene where they jump out into the road because teenagers are on their way to see their dead principal that's like been strung up Mm in the, you know, soccer field or football field, whatever. So Gail and Dewey jump into the bushes and they like roll down this trench and he lands on top of her and it's so romantic because she kisses him and then he's like, I'm on duty. So he stops kissing her. She's laughing and then she looks to the side and sees the car that they were supposed to go find um, and it was hidden. And so she says is this what you were looking for? And he goes, my whole life, while he's still staring at her. Ah, and then, um, so he's staring at her and she looks at him and shows him what she's talking about. And then they're back to serious mode. But I just thought that is so cute. Stop It is. It is. <laughs> um, they just play the roles so well. So spoilers again, sorry. I just like told you all that whole thing. But if y'all haven't seen the first scream, that's on you. <laughs> So I will put in the description, my bad guys, I'm just like so into this and it's going to be fine, whatever. So in the new one, I was surprised and relieved how they were able to start this whole franchise over pretty much. And it was really fun. And I always will always like love this movie. And I loved the new one. So this episode is pretty serious. So I'm not like in any way trying to disrespect or make light of any murders or murder victims. There was a case that turned out they were inspired by Scream, so this is the starting point of my whole idea. Ooh. I looked into that, and guess what? It's got to circle back around. So hold that thought. Um, if y'all are not familiar with the Scream movies, Ghostface is a killer, and he begins killing the cast. Um, so it just goes one by one. There's a final girl, etc. The screenwriter Kevin Williamson provided a five-page outline for two sequels to Scream when I um, auctioning his original script, hoping to entice bidders and, um, Wes Craven took it on. So it's really awesome. He has more to the story though, because Kevin Williamson, um, he did another project before this one, but he was inspired because he was watching a crime, um, crime coverage of the killer that I'm going to discuss. And that's what inspired him to write scream one. So here we go. So two young boys kill a classmate after gaining her trust, and they were inspired by Scream 1. But it would be wrong of me to not share the inspo behind Scream. So we're going to cover multiple topics, all related to the movie. So here we go. Imagine this because this is how it's going. You're going down a road with me, right? And then we just park the car, and then we'll just be back. So just, like, leave it. Um, Don't forget to pay for parking because it's going to be a while. In other words, put a pin in this murder story and listen as we discuss the Gainesville Ripper. Whoop, whoop. Ooh, let me catch my breath before we actually get this going. And yes, that's in the script. Uh. <laughs> I knew I knew where I was going to need it. So come with me. The year is 1990. Smell of sunscreen in the state of Florida. Little did they know the sell of padlocks would skyrocket in the coming months. The fall semester is approaching for the Florida State Gators. Sonia Larson was going to Gainesville to attend the University of Florida. She was reserved, but she was so sweet and joyful. Her parents did what they could to try and find a dorm on campus for their daughter, but they were all full, and the best that they could do was a nearby apartment. Sonia had just arrived that day. The phone hadn't even been set up yet in her new place, and so there was no way to reach her. Sonia, with her new roommate, Christina Powell, and her family, um, was closer than um, Sonia's. So, Christina Powell has family that lives in the area. However, Sonia's is out of town. The two women had met that summer and decided to to room together. Um, And so, when the young women weren't reaching out to the family after moving in together, they got worried. It didn't make any sense. They were still getting settled in, and I believe they were waiting on some family to bring by some furniture whenever they had the time. Um, So the Powells came to the apartment and asked if the maintenance man would open the door to check in. His boss advised him to have someone from the police department there when he did it. That was one of the best things I've ever heard. Forget about if it's a headache for so-and-so. Having authorities there just in case was very smart. Mm -hmm. They were right to worry, too, because both girls were dead. (laughs) Then Krista Hoyt from Santa Fe Community College was pursuing a career in being a cop. She was trying to become a police officer, and she was a happy young young woman and worked part-time as a records clerk at the police department, midnight shift. When Krista didn't show up for a shift, everyone knew this wasn't like her. Two deputies headed to her home to check in. This time, they didn't even need to go in to see there was a horrible scene inside. These murders happened within two days of each other. Authorities could not say if the crimes were related, but the closer they looked, the more likely it seemed, which was scary for the city of Gainesville. Students of the university were interviewed on campus and revealed the terror they felt. It was all around them and in the air because there was an actual serial killer on the loose. Task forces, tax forces, Mm -hmm. right when it gets really serious, come on, Mm -hmm. Red leather, yellow leather. (laughs) (laughs) Task forces were mobilized. All resources were combined, and this is the teamwork we always need with things like this. But little did they know the killer was going to get himself caught in an unlikely way, and a brave woman who spoke up also had a hand in his capture, and she should be proud. But first, let's go back in time. These women were not his first victims, and he himself was a victim. So taking it back once more, come with me to meet Danny Rowling. Claudia and his mother, was only 19 when she had Danny on May 26, 1954 in Shreveport, Louisiana. So his father was James Rowling, who suffered post-traumatic stress disorder among possibly a mental illness of some kind. He was a decorated Korean war veteran who was very violent, and he was now a Shreveport police officer. He didn't believe in sissy stuff, like feelings, um, and ingrained fear and violence in his boys, more so onto Danny, especially after his younger brother, Kevin, was born. So Danny was found to be mentally unstable later in life and is diagnosed with mental illness, as we'll discuss, but his upbringing was filled with terrible abuse suffering and struggle. I commend this group of grad students who worked on a psychology project and I found it online and it had so much information, um, with different points in a timeline. And I bet they got a great grade on that. Cause it was a lot of work. So every now and then I'm going to refer to their charts like right now. So let me head over there and see, um, his early life. Let's see a few mentionable. It's very detailed. So, I, um, I didn't want to take too much from this, but Oh, goodness. It it gets really dark. So this is a very sensitive topic. I'm going to be putting in the description how graphic this episode is. So Claudia left James um, due to the abuse and stayed away for six months until she listened to James' pleas to return home. And several things took place at this point in time. Danny's father tied him up about six times in a Mm six-month time period. In another situation, Danny tried stealing a candy bar but was caught by his parents and made to return to the store and apologize to the owner. James found a puppy at work and took the dog home and Danny became fond of the dog and was glad to have something to confide in. James constantly beat the dog according to Danny and neighbors and James later killed the dog by repeated torture and the dog actually died in Danny's arms. This is the first reported case of James refusing to hug or show affection to his son, Danny. And James believed hugging was sissy stuff and refused to hug his own son. Um, Now living in Columbus, Claudia left James again because of his violent behavior. And this is in 1962. And Danny is eight. He's eight when that dog dies in his arms. He's eight this whole time. So, uh, um, so Claudia admitted later in court that Danny was suffering physical abuse at least once or twice a week at the hands of his father. The children were not allowed to have birthdays or holidays. Can you believe that? That is a very sad. It's just only darkness in the home. Um, And because the violence was so bad, she left again with both boys. She packed the Christmas tree and she left in the car, but she did not stay gone long. She suffered a nervous breakdown, um, and I'm sure she did multiple times. Um, And then it goes on to describe more abuse, like when he tried to teach the boys how to drive when they were like 10 years old and Danny couldn't figure out how to use the clutch, so he got slapped in the face and belittled. So just multiple things like that, getting beat with a belt buckle. He had his head shaved. Kids teased him and called him Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Um, he was a tall guy and as an adult. So as a kid, I'm sure he was a tall kid. He would just get picked on. He wouldn't get good grades. Um, it was just miserable. So going back to my notes, and um, I will list off my sources at the end. So if y'all do want to go back to that psychology report, because – The way they list out the events, they put because this or a reason of some kind after it because it's like a psychology thing. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Anyway, so back to my notes. Claudia had tried to leave James over and over, but she always came back, and she also suffered nervous breakdowns and even tried to slit her wrists. Danny witnessed all of this. His home life was so dark, and in school, it didn't get any better. Danny failed the third grade too many absences and illnesses. School counselors described him as suffering from an inferiority inferiority complex with aggressive tendencies and poor impulse control. At 11, he was singing and playing guitar, and it's how he found peace and coped with the violence. When his mom was committed to a hospital after her suicide attempt, Danny began drinking and doing drugs. His neighbors caught him peeking in their daughter's room at age 14, and he was beat by his dad. It seemed the only joy he garnered in his young life came from his guitar playing and singing prayers. He claimed at 15, he found solace in his guitar and singing, but it was also around this time he claims he developed multiple personalities to cope with his reality. He also attempted suicide but failed. He joined the Air Force after being rejected by the Navy and was later kicked out because of his LSD use. He tripped on acid over 100 times. Jesus And uh, he had grown up with a fragile mental state, so throw those brain cells in a frying pan, why don't you? He found God again through his church when he went to stay with his grandfather. He felt stability during this time, and he married Omather Halko and had a daughter. He followed in his father's horrible steps, however, abusing his family and driving his wife away. At age 23, he was four years into his marriage when he threatened to kill his wife and she left. Good for you, girl. Danny was a disturbed man and began acting on urges. He had a habit for voyeurism, and after his divorce in 1977, he unleashed all his demons. Funny to say, considering he blamed he was possessed by a demon later down the line. While still in Louisiana, he raped a woman who looked like his ex-wife. Disgusting. Yeah. He also killed a woman in a car accident. Interesting. I wonder if this inspired him to go through with murder the next time he had the chance. Considering his first killing was not on purpose, as far as we know. He was incarcerated in Jackson, Georgia in 1979 after several armed robberies he committed. He didn't break his rotten streak when he was released, however. And when he was in and out of jail in Alabama and Mississippi, he was constantly traveling and stealing, and sometimes he would force himself on women. Danny is six foot two and could overpower when he needed to. And in and out of jail also meant that he was breaking out of there sometimes, so he was just constantly on the run and stealing. All through Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia, things escalated like never before when he was fired from a restaurant job back in Shreveport in November of 1989. He left work, and that same night broke into a home and murdered a 24-year-old named Julie Grissom. But because she wasn't home alone, her nephew, Sean, who was eight, and her father, Tom, 55, were killed as well.
1: Mm.
0: He is deranged, so he had already upon his first murder or set of murders, but maybe because it was a woman and that was his initial target, he had the audacity or the insolence rather to pose her body. It's truly sick. She was found with um, bite marks on her body and her legs were spread on the bed. (sighs) <sighs> he chased is, his.
1: Go ahead. Um, that's fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, to pose someone after, and yeah, I don't know the order of which he killed, but I'm assuming he had to kill her father first, and then there's an, inno- you know, they're all innocent bystanders, mm-hmm. but the the little boy, and so yeah, he would rape and he would stab and kill, so that's what happened, and then he would pose the bodies when he had the time. He chased his demons all the way home. This little piggy went wee all the way home to kill his father. Unsure if this was his initial intent. I know. I don't know why I did that. Unsure if this was his initial intent. Oh, yeah. I know why. Because of the weed. (laughs) On (laughs) on visiting. You got to keep it light, you know? Unsure and lit. Okay. I got to stop. Unsure (laughs) if this was... Oh, Jesus. Okay. Help me. Ooh. Sweat. It's the sweat. It's sweat. delirium. It's coming over me. Slippery okay. sweats. Ooh. <laughs> it is. It's very slippery because the deodorant's just like not doing oh, anything. Jesus. Just coming down. Coming down with it. It's that natural stuff, you know? The smell <laughs> yeah. is gone, but the wetness is around because oh, it's supposed God. to be. Botox injections. Am I right? Okay. You know, you Jeez. can
1: actually do that, can't you?
0: Yes, it blocks your sweat, but you're supposed to be able to sweat. That's why I use natural deodorant now because the ones with aluminum, the aluminum in it is clogging your pores to make you just not sweat through your armpits. Yeah. And so now I just use the kind that just makes my sweat not smell like a freaking onion garden. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very nice smelling sweat, but it's very wet anyway. Oh, so. my
1: God. <laughs> the wet sweat.
0: Okay. Oh, man. Look, that's sounds the like a wet band. Wet Sweats. Up Ooh. next is The Wet Sweats. That does sound like a band. I like that. Hmm. I get to. Band Okay. <clears throat> Trademarked. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> DM, DM, DM. I know. Shout out. <laughs> oh, I miss them. I need to listen to them again. So... Unsure if this was his initial intent on visiting, it couldn't have been to catch up over coffee, so he meets up with his dad. They get into an argument in his home, and Danny pulls out a gun, shot him in the stomach, and then in the head. He failed his biggest mission in life because the 58-year-old James freaking survived but lost the use of one eye and one ear. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He then fled to Kansas and then Florida, where the climax of the movie takes place, leading to the final act. Danny changed his identity with papers he stole from a home, took a bus to Sarasota, Florida, and looked forward to his life as Michael Kennedy Jr. And here is where we loop back around to the University of Florida students. The 80s were cute for the most part. Some harmless armed robberies, okay? Um, Well, bitch, it's the 90s and this monster ups the stakes. Cowardly, he quietly slithers through the woods and into back doors using just a screwdriver. Ring doorbells or surveillance weren't readily available to the public and being preyed on at night were young women by Danny specifically. Anyway, Um, I don't want to say that women are anyways, we can't make this about feminine feminism. I can't, I can't right now. Okay guys. Um, so you get what I mean. So he set up a campsite in a wooded area behind the university of Florida and students arrived and began moving in. It was the perfect plan on August 24th. He followed two girls home and waited outside. He broke into Christina Powell and Sonia Larson's place at Williamsburg Apartments. He brutally stabbed and raped both students. The next day, he killed Krista Hoyt. Let's discuss the discovery of the bodies for a moment because this was truly shocking. The first set of victims in Gainesville, Sonia and Krista, had just met that summer and were excited to room together. Both sets of parents couldn't reach them for the days after they moved in. The Powells headed over to see... The pals headed over to see how they were doing, and when they didn't get a response at the door, they asked the maintenance man if he could get inside. His manager had, call, had him call authorities so they would be there with him while he entered the residence. Thank goodness the parents weren't the first to see, but the building manager still felt for them because they had to witness the maintenance guy's reaction to what he saw. So on August 26, 1990, Betty Kernut, the uh, um, complex manager, followed right behind the maintenance man, and an officer was behind her. They entered the apartment. She says, when he went in, I followed him in the apartment, and I saw a young lady on the bed. I could see she was in a bad position, and I just turned around and walked out. My maintenance man, unfortunately, ran down the stairs screaming, oh, my God, and came out and threw up. And the sad part about it was that we had the parents behind us on the stairs. I – that is literally – the only thing that
1: i remember from hearing it somewhere i don't remember where i heard it mm. from but the mm-hmm. of this entire case that is the one thing that i remember
0: jesus with i me, mean cuz that's fucked up that is fucked yeah up. um what do you think it was like um they weren't the ones to see her first but seeing that kind of reaction what do you think they were thinking the absolute fucking worst i i don't even know. right Right, he threw up. Like it wasn't. I mean, there's no s- state of a body where you might not react that way. But at the same time, you know something's really wrong if that's right. What happened? Yeah.
1: yeah, I would. I would have probably pictured it to be like an animal had eaten them. Like I think that'd be the only thing that would make me throw up.
0: Yeah, like the there's way no of seeing a
1: body. Like if it was just I don't know. Like it would. Have I don't to know if it been, was like, the
0: smell. Ravaged. Right. Because I, some people throw up with just smells. So even if, you know, someone fell oh, in the yeah. tub, but they've been in there a few days, it's like, okay, I'm going to throw up. But this was horrific. And being her parents, I can't imagine um, that's the worst reaction they would have yeah. wanted to see. Um, oh, That's just awful. So, baby. yeah, she had just gone off to college and everyone was so happy for her. And, it, yeah, so they came to check in and, you know, I'm sure they were – not thinking this. So investigation revealed Rowling had covered both women's mouths with duct tape and bound their hands. They were forced to perform oral sex. They were then raped and stabbed. He killed them, and he returned to Sonia's body and raped her again. This time when he left the bodies, he took his, quote-unquote, work to a new sick level. He cut off their nipples and kept one. Mm-mm. Um, and I'm going to go to abc7chicago.com for this part. I screamed, Ada Larson said, about discovering her daughter had been killed. My husband didn't know what was happening. We just got in the car and headed for Gainesville. I had to have my husband stop at the side of the road and I looked outside and the stars were shining. I just looked at God and I said, God, why? How could this possibly happen? Why did this happen? In the aftermath of the murders, investigators discovered some highly unusual details at the scene. Maines said, and this is the officer on the scene, um, said they found out that the suspect had broken in by wedging a screwdriver into the door jamb. One woman had also been found with soap on her body, and the perpetrator had used duct tape on both victims, but the tape had been removed. We think that this was in an effort to keep investigators from discovering DNA, blood types, fingerprints, Maines said. Um, police couldn't find enough evidence at crime scenes to implicate Danny Rowling. Instead of leaving a duct tape to his dead bodies, On his dead bodies, Danny disposed of it in dumpsters to get rid of any fingerprints. Danny also used cleaning solvents on the dead bodies to remove any traces of semen. Some of the female bodies were left in sexually suggestive positions, which offered authorities a clue into the killer's method. Wayland Clifton, and that was from um, allthingsinteresting.com, an article about Gainesville murders. Uh, Wayland Clifton, the former chief of police of the Gainesville Police Department, who also visited the crime scene, said his. Greatest concern while driving home that night was that the suspect would commit more murders. His premonition came true the next day. Mm -hmm. Krista Hoyt was an an aspiring police officer who had been working part-time at the Alachua County Sheriff's Office while going to school, according to Gail Barber, the first officer on the scene of her murder. After she failed to show up to work on the night of August 26, 1990, Detective LeGrand Hewitt said they dispatched Barber and another officer to Krista Hoyt's home. She was found raped, stabbed to death, mutilated, and beheaded. Her body had also been arranged in a posed position, sitting with her feet on the floor and her torso slumped forward, Donnelly said. And I go into detail again later with what else happened to her. Um, But the thing about this one was it was her friends that she worked with that came by. And when I used them, I saw the 2020 Gainesville ripper mm-hmm. series. And the cops that showed up to her place, they they made it to the back door and they saw blood. like He was able to look through the bottom of the blinds because they were kind of open and he just saw blood and he saw her body. And then they had to go inside and see it up close. So it was all just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I did not want to see that young lady that meant so much to me. I did not want that to be what I carried in my mind of her for the rest of my life, Barbara said. Diana Hoyt, Krista's stepmother, said her husband Gary would sometimes say, just tell me she died right away. Tell me she did not suffer because the police knew the family. They told him that she died with the first stab, and it was the truth, but what they didn't want to admit to him was that there had been hours before the initial stab. Oh, my goodness. He had raped her, removed her nipples, placed them beside her. Once again, he upped his antics. He decapitated her body, placing her head on her bookshelf. She was sat upright on the edge of her bed. Um, News spread across campus and throughout the town. News reporters and officials addressing the public did their best to keep details of the case secret. They needed to catch this guy. Students were rooming in groups, staying together as much as possible. And some left right away. Others waited around a little bit longer and then left. Many believed that the semester should be put on hold until they caught this guy. On August 27th, Rowling killed again, but this time he had to face an unexpected defense from his goal. Tracy Pauls and Manuel Tobata were 23 when they were friends and decided to move in together. They had been friends for years since high school, and um, they had so much fun and relied on each other, so why not room together when they went off to the same college? Manny was going to be an architect. He had a big smile in all the photos I saw. Tracy was going to be a lawyer, and she seemed so vibrant and positive in her photos. Authorities claim Manny was the first one attacked after Rowling broke in. Manny didn't give up fighting until his last breath. The struggle appeared to have lasted a while. So heartbreaking. He wanted to save Tracy so badly. He was stabbed multiple times and succumbed to his injuries before Rowling moved on to Tracy. She was raped, and she was posed. However, they were not mutilated. Authorities believe he didn't have the time. All the murders occurred less than two miles from each other around the University of Florida. Something the killings had in common, of course, was the application followed by the removal of duct tape. He took it with him to avoid DNA, and the dish, re- the dish soap residue was found on some of the bodies. The lines were tied up because parents were frantically calling, looking for their kids, making sure that they are okay, and the police departments were doing their best to figure out who this person was. And at this point, things were really scary. It was serious. Universities canceled classes for a week, and nobody should be coming and going. Don't leave the house, and you won't get followed home, right? I wonder how students passed the time. Did they still go to work? Did they go back to their parents? I would have because they would have made me. (laughs) Uh, Students carried bats. No one went out alone day or night, triple locked the doors, and slept in shifts. This is strictly survival mode, no Snapchat with locations on with constant updates of each other to try to imagine. Um, And by the end of August, thousands of students had fled campus and around 700 never returned for the year, just from fear. The college experience was truly tainted from these events. Cops were on it, working together as they should. The homes were all found to have backyards open to wooded areas, so they realized his method. Thank goodness for his luck running out because a fumble will help in his capture. And that's where I will pick up next time.
1: <sighs>
0: um, I don't want to spoil the ending. A lot of people know what happens to this guy, but um, it, this is going to be a multi-parter and it's going to be very wide array of murders, time periods, ways of murder we have much more to dive into. Kevin Williamson had many inspirations for the writing of this film. Obviously, there's a lot of tropes and elements he took from other movies to put into this film. It's like a meta universe that he did before Facebook tried it. Anyway,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: so I'm giddy with evil delight, though, because what we have long theorized was confirmed. The LGBTQ plus community gather around. The next episode is for us. We have been going back in time through the years, so. Um, just bear with me and stay tuned to find out what the next topic is in a week after Daniela delights us with her next topic. And if you haven't guessed what I'm covering, don't try to figure it out because I love surprises when I'm the one providing them. (laughs) So in the words of our beloved Juno from the wonderful 2007 film, it all started with a chair Well, here it all started with scream. So... Here we go. Oh, my. And I've been spiraling out of control ever since um, with the murder story history hidden in the script. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Shout out to Honey and all the pets and family that have crossed the Rainbow Bridge. We love you.
1: And cue the tears.
0: Again. Here they come. Oh, uh, are we – what are we doing now? So now we're done – I'll just kind of give you guys the what's the rundown. So next time I have a case, we're gonna finish up. It's gonna be kind of confusing. So this is why I said in the beginning, like let's see how this goes, because uh, we're just going round and around based on literally just me rewatching a movie after I watched the newest one. So. Um, I just kept finding out more stuff. And I recently had someone suggest it was like such weird timing that they wanted more real life stories based on horror movies. But this one is a a win-win because Scream not only was inspired by certain events, but inspired events. So not that I'm saying that's a win. That was a wrong way to say that. (laughs) But um, (laughs) in terms of like true crime, we're going to be getting into more. And I found a third story. So I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all what I'm going to be covering. So hopefully you guys tune in this week. I did the Gainesville Ripper, and then we'll finish that out with a little bit of an update and that next time. And then we're going to go into a set of gay men who were killing in the 1920s mm. that also inspired scream. And then following that, we'll go to the more recent crimes of the murder of Cassie Joe who was killed by her two classmates after she was left home um, house sitting. And it all just comes around back to scream. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please tell me if you didn't. If this is way too confusing or annoying, like you're just like, okay, just freaking don't tell us any, any movie shit. Just find true crime and cover it. <laughs> Let me know. Um, and also we shipped the package, Daniela did rather, um, and I'll be posting the goodies on Instagram so we can all see what our winner won. Um, he also has an email with Cinemark tickets in it so he can go see a movie on us. So we will be posting that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you want me
0: to like list out what, what,
1: no, say what they it is? I can just see on the Instagram.
0: Cause I'm going to list it out when I post it. Yes. Awesome. So that's that. So did we give you the
1: creeps?